Good morning, guys. Welcome to this episode of Happiness After Codependency. I don't know if the intro worked or not. I wasn't able to watch, but if you saw it, let me know. Let's see if my little innovation here did its thing as we get ready here for 2022. I'm excited to be here with you guys this uh, late morning, coming into early afternoon. Thank you, guys, first of all, for being here, supporting me in this work in growing our freedom from codependency. It's, it takes all of us. We're, we're all uh, part of this adventure and part of what is going on out there. So I'm excited to have you as part of my family and journey out of codependency into my own freedom and well-being. And I am excited to contribute to your journey in that. So today we have our first episode of a new series called Restoring Self-Trust. This is what we're going to be focusing on throughout 2022 as a topic and as a focus in our healing and in our freedom, our coming into really knowing, loving, and living who we are. So we're going to start that out today with our first episode um, of this series, which is what is self-trust and why it's essential to your healing, as well as um, we're going to be digging into this for at least the next couple of weeks into January because we're coming up on 30 days till uh, the free, uh, my first five-day Freedom from Codependency Challenge that starts January 10th. You can sign up for it. It's free. It's five days of live training with me and understanding what self-trust is and restoring your emotional legitimacy and how to care for your emotions, how to befriend them, how to uh, take back your sovereignty and your personal power and how to identify and build safe relationships all between January 10th and January 14th, 2022. So the link above for, to enroll in that is above on Facebook, below on YouTube, and it's on my front page on my website at freetheself.com. Now, before we get started here, I need to give this shout out to the community real quick. The community is your safe haven here on the internet where you can find tools and guidance and support in your journey back to self-trust and knowing and loving and living who you are. Now, a couple caveats with the community is we have some very strict rule policies. This helps us create a safe, secure container where we can communicate effectively. And some of those rules include particular approaches to communication. We also have a high, um, we, we have a high, I don't know what that's the right word there, but we have a strict policy on religious and political topics being discussed and being shared, those are not allowed in the community, along with specific kinds of terminology from religious, new age, spiritual concepts, because a lot of our members have been harmed by those concepts. So that's that's for your informed consent. If those are aspects that you need in your healing, the community is not the place for you. But if you're fine with that, come join us, get tools, support and guidance in your journey back to yourself. So I'm gonna get this shared out to the to the community right now. Let me know how you guys are doing in the comments below because i know the holidays can be a challenging experience for us it's real normal it's real understandable for that to be happening in your world i can tell you december is peppered with a lot of joy it's my my children were born this month my girlfriend's birthdays this month things like that um as well as uh grief there were, there were things in my life that happened in this month and permanently changed it so yeah if you're feeling grief if there is tenderness in you right now it's just sadness or just a longing those are normal things and i hold space with you 
in that. And if there's joy and celebration in your world, I hold space with you, with you in that as well. All right. Okay, self-trust, why it matters, what it is. The reason I'm focusing on self-trust, uh, well, one, it's become my passion in the last year. Self-trust has really grounded me into my body, into my senses, into my perception, into the legitimacy of myself and my being. Uh, Self-trust has helped anchor and root the healing work that I've been doing for the last 13-ish years of my life, making it solid. There's an irony in all of this because self-trust is something that's alluded to in in the work that we do with our therapists or with with me, with reading a self-help book, watching videos and stuff. It's in the background, yet it's not deliberately discussed and approached um, with a high degree of magnitude. And I've been inspired by by this. By like, I want to bring this to the forefront and make this our first primary focus in our healing because it's radically shifted how healing has worked for me. And I'm starting to see that in my students and clients that are practicing this in their world. So what is self-trust? Now, there's a lot of definitions out there. So I created my own that's more relevant to the work we do here together. And that definition (coughs) is this. Self-trust is a high confidence in the legitimacy of my being. So I'll say that again. It's a high confidence in the legitimacy of my being. Now, the being, the word being, encompasses everything. It's my feelings. It's my thoughts. It's my emotions. It's my needs, my wants, my personality, my current sense of identity, my capacities, my limits. It's how I do things. It's how I experience things. It's the sensations that show up in my body. It's what I sense with people, places, and things. It's the whole of it. So we can take that definition and exchange the word being with a high degree of confidence in the legitimacy of my emotions, the legitimacy of my experiences, the legitimacy of my body's reactions to people, places, and things it encounters. So one of the biggies that we all wrestle with especially since we're coming from narcissistic abuse, we're coming from a history of being likely parentified or turned into the parent of the parent, is that we have been taught and conditioned to doubt the legitimacy of the way our bodies react to what they experience. This is where the sense of being broken comes from, being flawed, something's wrong with me. This is where those things show up. This is where we change it. See, when we move towards self-trust, these things become our ally, not our enemy. They don't become something to fix. They become something to understand and to respect. And this gets us aligned with our personal sovereignty, our innate wholeness, and restores to us our sense of personal authority over our life and over what's in our yard. And our yard is anything that we manage, our choices, actions, feelings, and desires. Is the basics of the yard. It also restores to us the ability to access our personal power so we can use our, our ability to make choice and take action in a way that benefits our well-being and happiness in a consistent way. All of this is built on the foundation of self-trust. It's a belief that, hey, this is legitimate. 
this is real and I'm going to mute the thingy so it doesn't make more noise. There we go. Now, there is some very specific reasons why your self-trust has, why you don't have a high degree of self-trust right now. It's not because there's something wrong with you. It's because of what you've been through. So this is the origin of codependency and the origin of self-doubt. Okay. So each of us have three primary needs in our world, in our lives. These needs are consistent. They exist from childhood all the way to the time we exit this reality. And those three needs are safety, connection, and, and identity. Now, when we entered the world, we depended on our parent, we depended on our culture, our community for safety, connection, and identity. And when those are unsafe, those are unreliable, those are inconsistent, we, our nervous system, feels threatened. And the nervous system then says, what can I do to restore safety or create more safety in this? If you're dealing with codependency, your nervous system chose a fawn and freeze approach towards what's going on. Sometimes it can be a fawn and fight approach, but the fawn component's the most critical. Fawning is a nervous system response that, uh, that motivates us to please and appease the other individual. This is where our codependent behaviors of people-pleasing, fixing, enabling, avoiding conflict, trying to control things, and ultimately conforming or mimicking the other person comes from. The, the goal with fawning is, hey, if I can become appealing to the threat, they won't hurt me. They might even love me. That's the goal there in fawning. Now, fawning does a very specific thing to our nervous system and to our brain. It halts our ability to discover ourselves and to do a process called individuation. If we can't become ourselves or separate from others, aka individualized, or I know who I am, I can sense into my own feelings, my own body, I know my own container, my own physicality, I'm able to access my thoughts and feelings and acknowledge them, take action from them and for them. If I can't do that, I am then dependent on an external source for what I need. And that external source is going to be another person. This is where codependency steps in. Codependency says, I need them to love me, so what do I need to do to get that to happen? So who do I need to be so that they'll love and like me? What do I need to do so that they'll love and like me? We are divorced in this moment from ourself. And this divorce is caused by self-doubt. Self-doubt damages the innate self-trust we have in ourselves, causing us to look externally for validation, for approval, and for reassurance, rather than internally for validation, approval, and reassurance. We become externally dependent on these other people, places, and things out there for our sense of self, identity, for our sense of connection, and for our sense of safety. This is a really smart move on the brain's part because it understands it doesn't have the power, it doesn't have the resource to care for itself without these other people in our world at that time. So fawning isn't a problem at this stage. It's how you survived unreliable, chaotic, abusive dynamics in your world. It did its job. It kept you alive. Our work now 
is to move beyond the fun response and move back into an advocacy response where we're, he- where we're engaging a healthy fight and flight response towards the things we experience. So we can advocate and we can leave based on the situation and what's showing up. Now this chaos and especially the abuse and neglect caused us to doubt ourselves. Self-doubt is created by the abuse and neglect we've, we've experienced. For instance, being told you're too sensitive, you're too needy, you're too much, you're not enough. These things cause us to doubt ourselves. We doubt our feelings. We doubt the message or the impulse we feel in our body. We doubt whether or not these are good or right things. We watch what the other person does and they don't seem to need anything. Well, why should I? Oh, but they do need things, but they do it this way and I'm not allowed to do it that way because I get punished for it. We're getting this internalized sense of judgment towards ourselves and we're becoming, we're learning or being taught to doubt ourselves. So our self-doubt is created by the abuse and neglect we, ex- we experience. And this happens very, very early on. So for, for our adult selves, this feels like it's just normal because it's been going on so long. But when we go back far enough, we find a point in time where this was a natural thing for us to trust ourselves. It's that self-trust that got you fed because you cried. You spoke up as best you knew how, which for an infant's crying. It's that self-trust that got you to crawl, got you to walk, got you to talk, got you to take action in your world and learn how to affect it. Self-trust has always been operating in your world. In fact, your self-trust is redirected into the other person's point of view. We trust them over ourselves. We make trusting them the priority rather than our own self-sense. We do that because of the fawn response. This is where codependency comes from. This is its origin. Regardless if you're experiencing narcissistic abuse, whether or not you're, or if you're experiencing uh, well-meaning but neglectful parenting, you know, where where the parent is well-meaning but they were not available, they were not there to resource and care for you, single-parent homes, things of that nature. If you've been through an emotionally unavoidant or emotionally unavailable or an avoidant relationship, yes, it's the same origin because we begin again to doubt ourselves. We put out these really sensitive, powerful emotions and then they're like, oh, why? I don't want that. Ew. And we start to go, what? Is there something wrong with what I feel? See, these are, this is the origin to codependency despite what experience that codependency originated in. It comes back to self-trust. And through self-trust, we can start restoring safety, connection, and identity in a healthy way that allows us to come into knowing, loving, and living who we are. And that's what we're going to be doing here in this, uh, in this uh, our episodes here, in this particular series we're doing. Now, we can start this process using a self-trust guided practice that I offer in the self-trust, Restoring Self-Trust Guide, which is linked above on Facebook, below on YouTube, and it's on the front page of my website at freetheself.com. In this guide, it connects you to your first self-trust cultivation practice, which is about trusting just a little bit that the reactions we have to trusting ourselves are legitimate. See, when we bring in legitimacy 
into our emotional experience, into the sensations that show up in our body, to our perceptions of reality, and to our experiences, we immediately start galvanizing self-trust because we're seeing that we are legitimate. We are valid. We are real to ourself. That's what it means to be legitimate. To legitimize is to make whatever we experience, feel, perceive, think, want, be, do, or have real and valid to ourselves. That's our first step in cultivating self-trust. So I invite you to get that guide and, and start this practice with me as we move forward through this series. So today, guys, my friends, take time to consider the impact of self-doubt and distrust on your life and where that came from. And consider opening up to the idea that maybe, just maybe, you can actually trust yourself a little more. Go get the guide and start that practice. And let's see what you discover. Okay. Thank you guys for being here for today's episode. And I will see you guys in our next one. Go gently with yourselves. I look forward to seeing the impact you experience with this work. So let me know in the comments below what shows up for you. Okay. I'll see you guys in our next episode. Have a good day. Bye-bye.